0: for the Stitch Safari podcast takes me across a vast number of wonderfully informative websites and includes an amazing array of books. But every now and then I come across what I think is pure gold. And it's so inspiring because at the end of the day, it's simply embroidery worked with passion to tell a story about two men and their family, their culture and even their dog. But the embroidery is exquisitely entangled, not only with the storyline, but also with the fabric, thread, colours, textures and techniques. It's a maze-like endeavour that has me gasping. And I, I hope it does the same for you too. Now, I've touched on Men Who Stitch before. That's nothing new. But... The combination of the artistic skills and technical ability of the two men I'm going to feature in this episode is beyond exceptional. And what's unique is that they collaborate, they live together and they stitch together, creating work that revolves around the reconsidered role of gender. The gay family, Plus, they're pretty much self-taught. And I think that's fascinating. Traditionally, as we all know, the majority of embroidery has been worked by women, especially in Latin America. It's slow and tedious work. However, these men have turned that logic upside down, blurring the boundaries between task and gender, Adopting a militant tradition of the needle, according to Marie Noel Carr in her blog posts, portrait, Giaccio and Giannoni Embroidery at the Service of Diversity posted in 2022. They have propelled what some would describe as the minor craft of hand embroidery, rethinking and revamping its artisanal techniques and production, as well as giving a voice to all the margins. And as I've said so many times before, therein lies the power of the needle as a means of communication, creativity, collaboration and nourishment, linking the everyday, the mundane and the humdrum with the world of fantasy, protest, culture and identity. But through their painstaking explorations of themes and colour, what they are actually doing is painting with needles. So, fellow Stitch Safari followers, let me reveal to you a cosmopolitan world of creativity and imagination where two artists explore the world of their gay family along with their non-human colleague. Something called a homoparental family with a dog, son, pet. Now, that's a term I've not heard before. Their world is where vibrant Latin American cultures are revisited and where the medium of embroidery, patchwork and quilting worked by men, but harking back to those feminine roots and traditions, depicts a riotously playful use of colour and theme that collides to form a universe or ideal micro world characterised through their art, values, principles and beliefs. And I can't help being reminded of the amazing Frida Kahlo's work, known also for her many portraits, self-portraits and work inspired by nature. See what you think. Let's jump in. Hello and welcome to the Stitch Safari Podcast, a sprightly and upbeat expedition into the alluringly appealing ambrosial world of stitch history, art and embroidery. Each fortnight we'll trek through and discover the utilitarian, the decorative, the quirky and the just plain fun world that is the art of the needle. My name's Cathy Jack Copeland and I'm the Stitch Safari Expedition Leader. I'm an Australian textile artist, teacher, judge, blogger and stitch enthusiast whose work in contemporary machine stitch became my business. Leo Chiaccio and Daniel Giannoni met in 2003 and have been collaborating on art ever since. They believe the concepts of art and life are inseparately linked. It's a search for new meanings and a contemporary reflection of their world. They break with long held traditions and use techniques and treatment of materials to destabilise normative thinking. They care for their work and the stories they're trying to portray, as well as that ever elusive collaborative link between curator, space, artist and public. But another aim is to dissolve the boundaries between the major and minor arts. And all I can say is good luck to them. I hope they achieve that aim. That The reason they like to work with textiles? Because in order to survive, man had to protect himself. And creating fibres, needles and weaving to uh, form fabric enabled survival, along with traditions that are still being replicated today. And it predates painting. Plus, they both love to work with their hands. And some of their work is monumental, expanding embroidery into space, but also using it as an expressive medium par excellence. They create objects and sculptures in stitch, forming enormous installations. Now that's fine, but each work is a challenge to them where they question how far they can extend the limits of textile reconfiguration. These larger artworks appear mainly to combine the techniques of patchwork and applique, and they are doing exactly what any conceptual artist should do. They avoid the expected, the normal. But it's their embroidered artworks I want to focus on here, heavily stitched, pulsating with colours, textures and iconography, recalling traditions redefined in a contemporary key. They use a variety of stitches and techniques modified to create magical realism in their work, at the same time reflecting societal changes. They're questioning that separation between art and craftsmanship, along with the rigid, rigid social stereotypical thinking that goes hand in hand with that. Theirs is the pictorial language of embroidery, imprinted in every passing of the needle, in every choice of thread, and in every combination of technique used to create their narrative. Leo and Daniel both trained in painting and yet appear to be almost self-taught when it comes to their embroidery skills, learning mostly from books and magazines to be able to express their own designs through their chosen language of stitch. Now that on its own is almost unbelievable, showing just where passion and dedication will take you. What they've done is to substitute their paintbrushes with a needle and thread. The processes and attitudes of using colour and exploring subjects are the same. They're simply painting with a needle and thread, translating their amassed knowledge in painting and art into the textile world via a simple needle and thread. Colours are often created by remixing single strands of different coloured threads, then mixing the stitches. The intention is exactly the same as mixing paints for painting. But they combine and mix concepts from different genres, stories, pop culture and eras. And that's where more excitement comes in. And a recurring theme in their work is one of family and the societal changes in family. In their case, two men and their dog, who just happens to feature heavily in their work, as he should. But another element that comes across loud and clear is their enormous sense of humour and fun. Both like to imagine different scenes and try to represent them in their designs. They both have input into each and every design. Their expansive embroideries feature portraiture as the essence, often alluding to last century's old family portraits depicting themselves and their dog as the main characters, centrally posed, looking directly towards the camera but they also elevate endangered flora and fauna to utopian heaven, often including deer, monkeys, peacocks and parrots into their stitched menagerie. And I think this is where I see that link with the work of Frida Kahlo. And what's really interesting is that they work in partnership through all the stages, from the sketching to the embroidery itself although they do also work with part-time assistants. You'd have to to get that amount of stitching done. They work in their house, come atelier, come studio, where they're both inspired by art history, including artists such as Sonia Delaunay, David Hockney, Rousseau, Mondrian, William Morris and the fashion house Alexander McQueen. Yes, they're ticking all my boxes here. Several sketches or drawings are developed or photos are taken to recreate a plot or storyline that can encompass work, uh, working up to nine hours a day. Now, that doesn't surprise me at all. Embroidery is a slow process. Designing is a slow process. Combine the two and you're in the Elysian Fields, in my opinion. Some of their works take anything from seven months to two and a half years to create. The design is transferred onto the fabric, either plain or printed, although sometimes they print their own unique designs directly onto the fabrics they embroider. And I have to say, I just adore that juxtaposition of visual textures coming from the printed fabric and the colourfully embroidered elements. To achieve light, volume and texture, they combine a variety of stitches and also use a number of different threads such as pearl, mercerized, rayon, wool or cotton to help give the different results and effects they wish to achieve. And this is where it gets really interesting. It's the variety of stitches they use to create these stunning works of art buttonhole chain blanket rope couching creton, roman stem uh, raised band raised latticed band french knot chinese knot buttonhole wheel spider's web ribbed spider's web seed plaid filling romanian couching satin stitch long and short satin stitch as well as surface darning Now that's a vast library of stitches, but it takes true artistry to be able to combine both the variety of colour and texture through the use of a variety of different stitches and thread textures and weights, just to create a successful outcome. Yet they seem to achieve this almost effortlessly. Fabrics are often sourced from their travels around the world, fabrics that are characteristic of place in terms of design and colour, but they also use very old vintage fabrics that once belonged to family or friends. In 2017, Both spent three years living in Shanghai, China, where they developed a series of works called Comrades in Shanghai, using nylon packaging from delivery purchases that helped facilitate both communication and dialogue. And their advice to aspiring textile artists is to investigate and integrate the work with the technique, something I totally agree with. Commit to the design, be unorthodox and express ideas freely. Work with love and joy. On a number of occasions, they've invited community participation using the strength of many to project social unification. So their creative and artistic search is not only representational of new models of family in society, but is also one of public collaboration, a testament to their use of a medium often absorbed with gender norms, but also with a nod to the commitment and preservation of endangered flora and fauna. They're united by their love for each other, as well as a love of their art, believing that neither life nor art can be disassociated. And how refreshing is that? They actually live what they do and it can be seen in the obsessive execution of each stitch, the exquisite finishing and painstaking approach to colour and colour mixing of strands of threads to create just that right effect, along with that unbelievable texture that only a needle and thread can achieve in the hands of knowledgeable artisans. Their work is sophisticated and expressive, gathering together a divergent, harmonious audience, enriching and beautifying a poetic world envisioned by their creativity. But they also conceive a world where art and craft are not separated, where they both move in the same direction in conjunction. And as we know through the various treks made through history on the Stitch Safari podcast, embroidery was once a revered and highly respected artisanal occupation. Both Leo and Daniel believe that up-and-coming artists will see this uh, arena as an expanding space where they'll be able to take the medium of embroidery and use it as a means of self-expression in their own visual aesthetic. And it is happening, slowly, slowly. In my opinion, these guys rate further investigation. Their work is different, but definitely uniquely them. And that's what I love and what should be inspiring to us all. Embroidery's not dead, but it needs life and energy injected into it, and these men bring vast qual- uh, quantities of both to the sewing table, let me assure you. And if this doesn't inspire you, I don't know what will. As always, thank you so much for your time. I love having you here, and it's truly appreciated. Tell your friends to tune in and subscribe and let's make 2023 the best year ever. Stitch Safaris now reached over 12,000 downloads and that's all thanks to you. It's also been mentioned as one of the 20 best embroidery podcasts of 2021 by Welp magazine, listed as one of the top shows about embroidery by Repod in 2022 and recorded in the top five textile industry podcasts you must follow in 2023 by Feedspot. And I'm extremely grateful please leave a message and subscribe to the stitch safari podcast there's just so much more to discover and it really is all so fascinating i do post interesting tidbits on instagram and facebook from time to time as well as book reviews and a blog on the stitch safari website so do head on over till the next exciting episode of stitch safari and our next inspiring adventure into stitch embroidery and design bye for now